Women's Energy Council podcast, where we explore lessons and advice by some of the most senior female energy executives, focusing on transformational leadership. I'm your host, Alexandra Schiffman. So today I'm speaking to Tracy Lothian. I'm Tracy Lothian. I'm the Senior Vice President for Revuma LNG Marketing at ExxonMobil. And Revuma, for those of you who don't know, is the name of our gas project in Mozambique. I've worked for ExxonMobil now for over 20 years. And during that time, I've had experiences from oil, gas, chemicals, value chain, and uh, been part of the gas business for a number of years. Particular passion for LNG and business development. In this episode, we will discuss how her passion for recycling as a child led her to the energy industry. Her 22-year career in ExxonMobil, consisting of 14 positions and opportunities across the value chain. This has taught her to always tap into other people's talents, ask questions, cooperate and share knowledge. Finally, we will discuss the creation of PowerPlay, a platform to promote and celebrate diversity in the LNG sector. I really look forward to the Women's Energy Council and PowerPlay working closer in these tough times and beyond, exploring ways to cooperate and grow both networks. I hope you enjoy Tracy's Insights. Tracy, very nice to have you with us today. Thanks, Alexandra. Good to be here. Amazing. So as we always start with these podcasts, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about where you grew up and a little bit about the background of childhood, really. I grew up in Maidstone, Kent in the UK. And from an early age, I really wanted to understand the environment. And I was aware of the negative impact that people were having. At the time, it was acid rain was a big deal when I was at school. And uh, the killing of trees in Scandinavia became something that caught my attention as to why that was and what could be done to stop that issue recycling wasn't so common and I was a keen swimmer and I became aware that at my local leisure center there wasn't any to collect and recycle cans so uh, I moved ahead with a few projects at a young age on those areas and my parents have always been there to support me that's a bit of a theme and in that instance they had to collect cans from the local leisure center every Friday and take them somewhere with me so I guess I've always had a bit of a connection between you know, what's going on in the environment and what we can do and initiatives. Hobbies wise, I've always had a love for open spaces and journeys. And from Kent, you used to travel up to the Kent Mountain Centre in Snowdonia and take on those experiences. And I think a lot of those shaped me then and still are passions of mine now and things that, that within the energy industry, you, you can nicely work those two things together in terms of understanding the environment around us and the impact we have on it and what we can do to help society. That's very interesting because with most people I speak to these days, the environment and recycling and sustainability are seen as you know the opposite of the energy industry. They almost put as this is the dirty versus clean. So it's very interesting how you saw that connection. Yeah, I guess that started when I went to university, UCL in London, I actually went to study climate change because of my interests and because I've been part of environmental groups at school. And I went to UCL because it had a leading research group in climate change. Having studied that, I came away 
feeling that the best way I could impact things was was doing a combined study and understanding business fundamentals as well. Research gets you so far, but I thought then that the way to change things was to join the energy industry. And I was extremely fortunate in finding ExxonMobil at that time. They offered a program that combined your onboarding with training at the London Business School. And so over the first two years, you went and studied various modules at the London Business School with your cohort of graduates, which at that time was 20 in the same intake. So it was just an amazing experience for many reasons. It combined my interest, I guess, I had in joining the energy industry and learning business. But I've always maintained my my fundamental interests in the broader environment. It is something that proud of now to be in the natural gas and the LNG space and that as as having a huge impact on energy delivery around the world and is part of the energy transition in terms of a lower carbon future. I think things are moving now at a, at a different pace and I think it's really encouraging and from my part in terms of my history of my journey to be here you know now I've done 22 years with ExxonMobil and it's been a, a journey of understanding a lot of different parts of the business. But I do feel now that I'm well placed with kind of those knowledge and the skills that I've learned along the way to kind of put things together. So it, it is interesting to reflect about that journey and how it came about. And uh, that I, I've always felt that there is a, a connection between all these themes. Oh, absolutely. The reason I asked is I find with the young generation now that's entering the workforce, there is so much choice. It's a great thing. Anyone can do anything they want. And there is a tendency to jump around, you know, as soon as you have a first challenge or you don't like your manager or something isn't working out or your seat is uncomfortable, you move on to another company and you move on. It's very easy to move on because there are positions available for you. You stayed loyal folks and mobile for 22 years. So can you just elaborate, you know, what kept you so loyal? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. To be honest, it's always been the next challenge. And despite the fact that on paper, it's 22 years in one company, when you add it up, it's, I've, you know, had 14 different roles over that time, nine different offices, lived in four different countries, and worked across the energy spectrum starting in IT, being in chemicals, business, downstream business, acquisitions and divestment, and moved into natural gas and LNG. So being part of ExxonMobil has allowed me to transition between all these businesses. And that challenge has been there every step of the way to learn new parts of the business, but as well as importantly, to link those elements together. And so I've been able to benefit there from the continuity of the way of working and some continuity in people and connections, but obviously very different businesses. So it's taught me a great deal and enabled me to grow a huge number of skills. And you never sit in a role long enough to feel you're not learning and you're not being challenged. And I think that's what I've always appreciated about the opportunities that I've been provided. And in those, we probably won't have time to cover 14 roles, otherwise we might be here all day. But what were just a couple of most proud moments or projects you worked in? There's so many. There's a huge diversity of them. I think, guess, when I look back to chemicals and my role in the Antwerp polymers plant, 
it was one where we were trying to pull together a new way of managing the supply chain. So not just looking after our facility, but seeing how we could optimize the logistics and the transportation storage of grades across all of our plants in Europe, as well as the Middle East, as well as our Singapore facility. And in redesigning business process, and actually working with a diverse group of teams to enable business change that has a real impact on the bottom line. Those are kind of the things that excite me most. But when I think back about the memories that that brings, it's really the people that spring to mind and the people in those different geographies that work together to make things like that possible. So a lot of excellent memories that I have from living and working in these places and running various projects. That's just one example. I know every career, when you see something on LinkedIn or you read an interview, every career I've been researching so far seems straightforward on paper, you know, full of successes, fast and higher every step of the way. But I know it's not the case. And actually, we learn the most from the hardest points and some of the crises that we have experienced. Could you maybe mention one of the challenges that you felt oh my God, I don't know what to do, you're about to pull your hair out. And it actually made you into a better leader and some lessons learned from that. Yeah, sure. That's, it's a good thing to reflect on because I think often challenge you face in doing something different and stepping out and accepting different roles in different industries or making a change is that you often feel like you're taking 10 steps backwards before you can go forward. And but it's often those experiences where you feel the most challenged that you actually come out of stronger. To give you an example from my work perspective, I think one of the most challenging transitions I made was to go from the chemicals business into the gas business. In the chemicals business, I'd worked up to be a, a supervisor and had a team of people and that felt good and right for that period of time. To then transition into the gas business, I was thrown into being an individual contributor in a really complex space of being a gas contract negotiator, a deal that hadn't closed for two years, a huge amount of history, and we were trying to bring gas in across legacy assets and figure out what commercial arrangements needed to be, as well as the gas balancing agreements that came with it. So I'd gone from being supervisor with teams to run things to be in an individual contributor in a really complex space where I had a lot to learn. And at times it did feel like you were climbing a mountain and you didn't know when you'd, you'd get to the top and how successful you'd be at getting there. When I look back, I think there's certain things that I learned on that journey that I, I do like to share with others because I think there's things that, that I learned along the way that would have helped me achieve things more effectively at the time. I think it's the realization that you may be an individual contributor, but it's all about building the right team in whichever role you're in and ignoring the organizational boundaries and constraints and figuring out where you can access people to help you and make it mutual. What can you do to help other people? Because in the LNG industry, and I'm sure across the energy industry, things are so complex that no one individual can put all these pieces together. And so always think about that broader team and have that realization of, of reaching out, making the connections and pulling others' learnings into what you're doing and also give back to others. And that's something that I hold true then across the various transitions I've had. And it certainly helps to build that team around you. So that's on the, on the team side. You said earlier, you know, there were a few light bulb moments and if you had to do it all over again, you would do it differently. 
I think I spent a lot of time in that particular challenging period, kind of putting my head down on my own, trying to learn a lot, read a lot, come up to speed with the new set of agreements that I had in front of me. I think that was valuable time spent, but on hindsight, I would have spent more time up front in reaching out and learning from others. And in that particular instance, there were people in the teams that had actually been part of negotiating some of these agreements many years before. And so there was a lot of people that could give more context to what was going on. At the end, the you know negotiations run on people and personalities and experiences that build up what is the right solution. And so I think it helped me realize that having a more holistic view on these items was important. You can only achieve so much with your study. And so one of the hurdles we do talk about quite often in the podcast is just the sheer fact of being women. I think the consensus so far when I've been asking, was it harder to progress because you're a woman has been no, but we do feel like hurdles are more and higher. Would you agree with that statement? And how did, did you ever feel it was harder for you? I think it's a really good question to reflect on. And, and when I do, to be honest, I think in the early days of my careers, I didn't think about it at all. It was more my age than my gender that I used to be more conscious about as I was provided with opportunities to lead teams early on. It wasn't front of mind around the gender issue. And I guess, you know, I believe that delivery speaks for itself. And if you focus on your work and the teams and overcoming those challenges, if there's a level playing field, then things will play out. And I think the reason I could kind of work in that way earlier on in my career was because I did have support in the organization and perhaps some I didn't recognize how strong it was at the time. However, I think what as I advanced in my career, the topic certainly became more of a focus and became something I felt I needed to focus on. As an industry and as a world economy, we need to focus on something that I find, you know, really shocking is, you know, the World Economic Forum in 2017 stated that gender equality is 170 years away. That lead time is completely unacceptable. And for me, that's a real case for action right there that the statistics demonstrate that we need to do more than just focusing on delivery and we need to recognize that there is a broader issue and what can we do to accelerate that so that it doesn't take 170 years and look at it from the scope that we have and try and change things so that we can shift that number down as fast as we can. So I I certainly got engaged more within the company and also outside of the company to try and play a role in accelerating that gender diversity gap. I would like to explore that theme of you're a diversity and inclusion champion, founder of the Global Power Play Initiative. Can you speak about some of the specific achievements of the organization and why, how it came about? Yes, yeah, sure. Love to share more about Power Play. To answer your questions more broadly on kind of ExxonMobil, definitely appreciate their perspective on and how the company values diversity and particularly within the customer and supplier groups and the communities that we work in. And there's a long history of diversity programs that we can feel proud of and gives kind of me personally a resource bank kind of call upon. The specifics of PowerPlay came about, it was in 2015 when I personally started a role as the business development manager in LNG. And obviously by that title, I needed to grow 
a network myself. And as I started to go to more events and build that network, I was struck by the growing number of the amazing number of women in the LNG value chain that I met at conferences and at different venues. And so on the one hand, I was feeling uplifted by that and the connections I was making. However, on the other, I felt that I was still, I was being invited to more panels around diversity. And a lot of them left me feeling quite empty because some of those statistics were shared around how bleak the outlook was and how we'd been trying and things weren't really shifting. So it kind of felt like the two things were a bit disconnected. On the one hand, on the conference floor, I felt more of an energy and a buzz about my new connections. And on the other, I felt the agenda perhaps needed to shift in some of those sessions that we were having in conference panel discussions. So from my personal job, then I got excited about how can we use the women that I'm meeting at these different events to do something and to change the agenda and celebrate the fact that there's an increasing number of women that are taking more senior roles in the industry and pull that group together to talk about business and to encourage everyone to make new connections so that we can then deliver more for our companies and our communities and ourselves. And so that's what we started doing in 2015. We took dramatic steps and changed our booth around conferences. We took over an afternoon and changed the lighting and invited first one. It was women only to come and network with us and enjoy drinks and collaboration. And it worked. So the first time we ran it, we had 80 participants. Now when we run these events, we kind of spill onto the wider conference floor and we have about 400 participants. So we ran that successfully for a few years and We wondered then, how do we take it to the next stage and actually make it more of a sustained platform for women and also men that support a more diverse energy future? So we evolve program. We still keep these very vibrant networking sessions at conferences, but we evolved it to be an award series. And that's to showcase women and the men that support women across the LNG power value chain. And we wanted to highlight three categories, the the rising star for the outstanding young professional, the vanguard to show outstanding leadership, and the rainmaker to showcase outstanding business impact. And so we ran it last year for the first time. We were amazed by the response we got. We had a very strong set of nominations, came from 175 companies and 52 countries. So huge coverage. And we encouraged online voting for the week before we closed out our finalist process and we had 40,000 votes. So it really was uh, extremely encouraging just to see how big an impact you can have. And the people that we met along the way and the stories we learned and were then able to share with the broader community online through our PowerPlay LinkedIn site and our ExxonMobileLNG.com site it really is uplifting and it achieves what we set out to achieve by saying, let's change the story here. Let's make this a celebration and showcase what's being achieved. It's not as much as we would like to be achieved. There's more, but it's setting an inspirational showcase that will encourage others to join and it will get the attention of the industry such that we can shift through and really accelerate the pace of change. Power of network is the skill of building those relationships that really will help that progress. On the other hand, you've been saying another aspect 
came up a couple of times is the business value of inclusion and diversity. And there's definitely a big challenge of measuring that business value from being diverse and inclusive. Could you talk a little bit more on on the business value side? You know, how does ExxonMobil, how do you maybe personally came around to measuring it? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think that is a lot of the challenges that have existed is demonstrating the value. And the way I look at it personally is that a lot of the goods and services we provide and the customers that we interact with and the stakeholders are from a diverse group. And so when companies devise their strategies and plans, then it makes sense to have a broad spectrum of diversity in how things are developed such that we can ensure that we're getting into the mindsets and really understanding needs and wants. And so by not having full representation, I think leads to suboptimal results. Now, that's something that's perhaps easy to say, but hard to prove. And I feel that that's an accomplishment that PowerPlay is achieving extremely well with, with showcasing just incredible journeys and stories from women across the globe that are achieving a great deal and having a lot of influence and see the same with with the Global Influence Award the Oil and Gas Council have out there. I think that that's a tremendous boost to the cause to really highlight what is being delivered and how that is making a difference. And there's business delivery and there's also, you know, behavioral delivery. And I think that's something that companies are starting to focus more on is the type of behaviors and the type of leadership styles that are fit for today's business. And that's one that more naturally, I think, lends itself to full inclusion as we talk about how to lead and how to actually inspire others And at the same time, listen and provide the right environment for innovation and relating to individuals to lead and and pull things forward in organizations. It's even more important at times of change and industry disruption to have united teams and inspirational leadership styles. And I think it's really important that we do that with a diverse leadership team and with diverse teams to pull on as well. Our audience is is largely the small and mid caps operators out there. And the question would be, well, what can any company do to move forward and to make the situation less bleak? No, it's interesting to think about what, what everyone can do. I think mindset change is a huge part of it. And the fact that overall we're talking more about this topic is really important because hopefully in whatever size company you're in it sets up a new dialogue you know one at which we need to challenge bias and it's good to do that and it's okay to do that you're not going to be put on a bad list if you mention it in fact it should be the opposite now there's more of a recognition of the value that it can bring so hopefully you know mindset change and creating this new dialogue can move across all companies regardless of size and once you have that recognition then it's being more open-minded you know from every level when you look at recruitment graduate level to be aware of that and and see if you're appealing are you receiving a diverse range of applicants or is that skewed and then think about what you can do individually within your company to to change mindsets and bias and and start reading more around the benefits if companies aren't aware as to what value diversity can really bring to the bottom line. 
and to leadership uh, in companies. I think it's really important and it's just fantastic that there's a lot more dialogue out there. I think it's hard companies to escape it now, which is good. It mm-hmm. means we're pushing in the right direction. Tracy, I know that the Global Power Play Awards are still counting and going. Is there anywhere that our audience can find the applications and promote you know, some of the young leaders they have up and coming? Yes, fantastic. We'd really love to receive more nominations till June 19th. So we'd encourage everyone to our website, exxonmobilelng.com. And from there, you'll be able to see our PowerPlay website and the PowerPlay Award. There's, there's lots of information out there about past events and finalists from last year and the judges and some really inspirational stories around their achievements. And the important thing is to encourage this network to grow is to receive more nominations. And so nominations are open now in those three categories that I mentioned earlier, the Rising Star, the Vanguard and the Rainmaker. Please nominate yourself or nominate your colleagues or others in industry that you see. And we really hope that we can have a great lineup of finalists and an award ceremony that we're preparing to do much more online. So incredible. Two more weeks to go. So I wish you all the best with the nominations. You will also be seeing some information on the Oil and Gas Council Energy Council websites in regard to the nominations. So wishing you the best digital awards that's ever been, I'm sure will be fun. And Tracy, the final question for you is around one book on leadership that you would recommend everyone to read. Oh, so getting it down to one, I came up with The Infinite Game by Simon Zenak. And the reason I came up with that is when you really look at the current market situation, if you read the book and understand what his infinite mindset is, I think it is now more important than ever. As goalposts are changing around us, we need to be more resilient and more innovative than ever. And I'll leave you with a quote from his book. The true value of a leader is not measured by the work they do. A leader's true value is measured by the work they inspire others to do. That is so true. On that lovely quote, I would like to say thank you, Tracy, for being with us today. We'll hope to see you at the awards. Thank you very much. And thank you to the the Oil Council for all they're doing in in helping the, the global diversity movement in energy. It takes all of us to make a change here. Thank you very much for listening to the Women's Energy Council podcast. Please follow us on Spotify or iPhone. And don't forget to subscribe to be the first to listen to the new weekly editions. You can do that at Oil and Gas Council website, iCouncil. Have a lovely week and stay safe.